clear this is an episode of Star Trek Voyager that has the fans up in arms about a certain decision. And I have to know your opinion right off the start about this decision. Was Tuvix the right name as a portmanteau or should it have been Nevok? Oh, Tuvix 100%. <laughs> also, Not just for brand difficulties with uh, Reebok and Nevok or something as he's, as well, he's dunking. Tuvix sounds like a like one of those medications that you buy on TV. I think it sounds like a candy. It sounds like Twix to me, almost. I would not want to eat a chocolatey Tuvix. <laughs> chocolatey t- <laughs> I'm He's also got that disappointed. Wonderful chocolatey complexion, though. I'm also disappointed you didn't start the show the way Tuvix gets everybody's attention by just going sex. <laughs> now that I have your attention. <laughs> Janeway's appalled by that too. She excuse me. Yeah, she's now. <laughs> we did it. We made it to Tuvix. It's episode twenty-four of the second season of Star Trek Voyager. It came out on May the sixth. Be with you, nineteen ninety-six. Teleplay goes to Kenneth Baylor. Story credit goes to Andrew Shepard Price and Mark Gaberman. Directed by Cliff Bull. In universe date four nine six five five point two, which is twenty-three seventy-two. In this one, after a transporter malfunction, Tuvok and Neelix are merged into a single being called Nevok. In the search for a way to restore them <laughs> to their original forms, a moral dilemma is faced as the new being does not want to be terminated. They wanted you to know right from the little blurb that there's a moral dilemma in the episode. Um, the other important thing about this is that he should have, Tuvok should have worn his Neelix-inspired Starfleet outfit the entire episode <laughs> instead of abandoning that thing. Yeah, his his uh, his Persian his co- rug, his, <laughs> his Cosby uniform. Yeah, that was that would have given him give him a little bit of spark. A little, I, I like the fact that they actually merged the the uniform, like the clothes that the two of them were wearing when it when it happens at the start. I thought that was cute. Unfortunately, he doesn't keep wearing it. I guess because um, you'd wonder about the laundry situation as apparently months have passed over the course of this. Am I, I th- off? Is it been months? I think it's been weeks. At weeks. Least, or a couple weeks or something. Yeah, they mentioned, they yeah. mentioned some sort of timeline. Maybe weeks would make more sense. Um, yeah, so Tuvix. It's kind of a, a controversial episode, I guess, although it skews largely positive. I, I looked up... I'm kind of unsure about this episode because I don't think I'd ever seen it before. I know the mm. reputation for it. And I was not sure if I was misremembering what the reputation is for it. But it's highly rated on IMDb. Um, The reviews for it are mostly positive. And I think our patron comments are going to be mostly positive about it too. But uh, it's one of those things that I guess comes down to the end, which I don't know if we want to talk about right off the start. Or we can just talk with talking about uh, what's probably undeniably the best part of the episode, which is that... Tom Wright is the actor who plays Tuvix in this one, and he is probably, at least in my world, better known as uh, Mr. Morgan from Seinfeld, which is the <laughs> the coworker of George's that George says looks like Sugar Ray Leonard, and he says, "I bet we all look like you, Costanza." <laughs> um, he, I think he, I, I think his performance is almost Emmy award winning in this. He, like, mm-hmm. you might need to know if you're an Emmy voter what the context of what characters he's combining to understand what he's done here. But I, I thought he did a really fantastic job of mixing together Tuvok and Neelix in terms of performance. Yeah, I, I did too. Uh, I think his makeup is a little. He's disgusting. He he's looks really gross. He, he looks horrific. <laughs> I, I can't believe that Cass has any sort of. Uh, um, emotional attachment to him whatsoever. He he's a disgusting, disturbing looking. It's person. like I don't I don't want to say I I I wish they had made him look 
like better. <laughs> like if they <laughs> if they horrifying. had blended if they had blended the two of them together and somehow like the design ended up making him like hotter, like he was right, Stefan yeah. or Stefan or Cal or well, something. Well, his personality is an eleven out of ten. They should have just made him. Yeah, I know they should have yeah. gone with the Stefan or Cal. They didn't. It's too bad. Yeah, no, he's really good. I uh, I loved this episode. I thought it was really great. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like. I I knew the reputation. I knew it had a reputation, but I didn't really know which way it skewed. And when it first happened, <clears throat> when he first steps out of the, the transporter, I went, "Oh no," because mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a fucking train wreck, uh, based pretty much solely on the way that he looked unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> uh, due to no fault of his own yeah it's um, his hair his hair is, is the, yeah awful. the hair's rough yeah. yeah um but then as it was going on i i looked it up on imdb as well and it's got like a mid seven which is usually yeah. pretty good for a tv show like yes. a long-running tv show it's one of the best of the season i think it was maybe yeah. in the like top three and uh i i had to look it up because i was like i in my mind i thought oh people don't like this one and then I was like, "This is a pretty good episode. This like the 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 moral dilemma is about as intense as you can probably come up with for uh, something that just deals with the the crew members on the ship." And I mean that ending. Oh my god! That mm. like this might if 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 uh, what's his name? Who uh, the actor Tuvik's actor? Uh, Tom Wright. If Tom Wright didn't get an Emmy nomination, I think Kate Mulgrew should have got an Emmy Emmy nomination. I think she's fantastic in this episode. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think the. Good. I was just gonna say the 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 scene with her and Kess. I think she kills it, and like, uh, no pun intended, and uh, <laughs> the last scene when she walks out into the into the hallway right before it ends, amazing. Where she like looks like she's about to break down into tears, and then she just like steals herself up and walks on. Unbelievable, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's probably it's probably her best performance episode, I think, for Mulgrew. Um, even ones that have focused on her a little bit more, uh, she doesn't probably has have the chance to emote the way that she does here. She she's a little bit restrained. Like it is pretty much tied down to that whole fact of like she has to do what she has to do, but then she feels bad about it, but then she has to steal herself and continue on with her day or whatever. Um Yeah, she's good. I think I think Kess is good in this yeah, one. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah. I, I sort of had like I think all the acting is really strong in this one. I think that everyone is pretty good. I the it's gonna be a tough episode because I also really like this one, and I could probably easily say it's the Voyager episode that I thought about the most after it was over. Like I, mm-hmm. I was sort of befuddled by it, um, in, in a good way, and I think that it's really kind of it's really neat. It's a it's an interesting twist on the transporter double someone, which has happened a bunch of times in Star Trek before this, and this one combines somebody, so it's kind of a novel take on that whole thing. Hmm. Um, I think that it, I think that what's what's really interesting about it is ultimately kind of how it exposes what I think is maybe to this point Voyager's biggest weakness, too. Unfortunately. Um, but outside of that, while I was watching it, I really enjoyed it. I thought things were pretty good. I didn't have much to complain about. And it's 
it, it does a lot to make you actually care about. I, I think it all comes down to Tom Wright. I think that his performance makes you actually care about this horrific chocolate monster thing that you're staring <laughs> at for 40 minutes of the, the episode, because he's um, he's so likable and so like pleasant to watch outside of the way that he looks and 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 and. The thing where, like, when he's at the very end, when he's sort of like running around on the bridge, saying like, "Someone help me! Someone help me! She's going to kill me!" It's genuinely kind of sad for him as a character. You know, it's like you feel bad for Tuvix. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, they. It's uh, like that's the key to it working, right? Is Tuvix being um, likable and and uh, you warming to him as a character, which is again baffling why they didn't make him more pleasant to look at <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking um, at a picture of him now even his like red eyes his like blood red oh, eyes, the eyes. Yeah, yeah the eyes are really off-putting it's yeah. it's really it's a rough like and the first time he like lo- turns and smiles at kess <laughs> like she gives him a response or it's like no that was the appropriate response that is terrifying yeah um he's not someone you want showing up at your your quarters after midnight or something like that ringing the bell but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it has to it has to work in that in that way because if Tuvix kind of sucks, then you know, there's really no uh, pathos there when they eventually have to get rid of him. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the, the acting is really great, uh, and I think it, yeah, everybody reacting to him is really great too. Uh, the, the the you know one of the more heartbreaking scenes is that scene on the bridge where everybody's just kind of standing there not doing anything and you feel it's like it really makes you think about what the like who these people are really like that that nobody nobody on that bridge is making a a a, a, an appeal to to Janeway that maybe this is the wrong decision and they they all all these people who claim to be his friends are now just Nope, we got it. We're just gonna let this happen, and it's really, it's really rough. And I mean, yeah, the 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 whole ending. Oh man, the, my favorite detail in the whole episode is when they go into sick bay at the end, and the doctor recuses himself. Yeah, because he can't. That was amazing, fantastic, great detail. Um, yeah, it's just it's just really well done, re- really well laid out. And in the the cold open, I thought they they used really well to give you a little bit of insight into both of those those two guys characters to oh, show they're, how they're, they, they're hunting for orchids or something on the planet yeah and they're having the conversation about you know whether or not uh uh tuvok is allowed to enjoy a, ple- a pleasant day doing yeah. the things that he likes to do <laughs> like it was it's it's an it's a it's a conversation about nothing but it's a it's a conversation about everything with those two guys because yeah. it's really laying out the differences of who these two guys are before they blend them together into this into this new third person yeah um tuvok says how can i be less like more, more less or more like myself today is the, yeah. uh, the question that he has and then obviously the the sci-fi premise proves how that's possible yeah it's just it's i just thought it was really well done makeup aside uh everything else was 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 really good yeah he's um it's hard to it's hard to not uh like the everything outside everything outside of the sort of issues that i have with it i think it's really it's a kind of a neat episode and i think that the performances are excellent i think that the um the concept is really strong i think that it I think where it runs into trouble is 
sort of um, justifying itself, I guess. So, like, I'm kind of sensing a trend with the Voyager episodes, which is that they'll they'll get to this point where, and it, and it's a trope that kind of bleeds into Enterprise and all the Star Trek that comes after it, where they they don't feel that they have to explain what is going on. And I think sometimes it's not entirely obvious what's going on with their sort of like what they think the conundrum is here. Um, mm-hmm. This to me is really, it's just the psychological trolley problem, which is that famous experiment about if you, you know, give people an example of there's a train on a track and at a Y in the tracks, it can go one of two ways. And it's either going to hit one person on the left track or it's going to go to the right track and it's going to hit five people. And you have to decide what you want to do in that situation. And all the variables of that exp- of that experiment are you're just watching, like, what's the right thing that you hope happens? There's like, what can you, you're given certain examples of like, you're allowed to pull a lever that will divert the train to either hit one person or a bunch of people. What do you do in that situation? Mm-hmm. And then people have different responsibilities to, okay, well, you have a, you're on a bridge over the train and to stop the train, you have to push like an extremely fat person off the bridge and block the train, Right. Right. And what's interesting is that even though the outcomes remain the same for things, people are unwilling to stick to what they think the better outcome would be. So basically their their choice about the best outcome is driven by how much they have to personally involve themselves in getting to that. Um, and so it's this psychological thing about like, we're not really objectively looking at what the best outcome for things are. We're more interested in how we perceive our own role in the situation. And that somehow changes the algebra, like the, the ethical algebra of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this episode is. It's, it's, I, I find a, it's not, they even kind of mentioned it in the episode where they're like, if two, if we had just had the solution right from the start, we would have just split them and no one would have cared anything about right, this. Right. Yeah. And the only confounding variable is that you're basically, in my opinion, you're, you're saving two lives by ending one. And that seems justifiable to me. It's, it's really just what they're doing is they're sort of muddying the waters by having Janeway to have to be the person who pushes the button that does it to him. Um, and I think that that's all well and good. I'm just a little bit surprised by how much of the episode is spent on, even though I like the scenes with it, the stuff with Kess feels like a little bit of a distraction because it goes on for too long. And the other just problem that ties in with the, the sort of mudding of the water is that it's another Voyager episode where I don't feel like anyone really talks about what their different points of view are in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and my final thing before I throw it to you is that I was reading one review, which I sort of I did not realize at all as it was happening, but I kind of strongly agree with, which is that the splitting of Tuvix should have happened in the f- end of the fourth act, and then you talk to Tuvok and Neelix about what they think about what happened in the fifth act, and that's how the episode ends, because mm. they don't have a point of view, and it would have been interesting, and you probably could have even shown Tuvix. Tuvok to have said Janeway did the right thing, but the more emotional Neelix to say, how could you kill somebody for this type stuff? 
And I think that it ends in a way where it just kind of, it does the split, it hits the emotional beats, but I ultimately don't really understand fully why Janeway made the choice she made beyond the fact that you have to get your regular cast members back. And I think that's kind of a problem for it because even though I think it all emotionally lands and it makes sense and like getting connected to uh, to Tuvix is basically like they named the cow that they were going to turn into the cheeseburger <laughs> at the end of the episode. That all works for me, but I, I really, I really don't think that Janeway is put through the ringer in a way that feels to me like she's not just choosing what needs to happen at the end. If that makes sense, I talked for a long time. You can respond to any of that, I guess. Mm. <clears throat> um. Well. I would say the, the the thing that makes it different to me than the standard trolley problem is that it's like the trolley problem if there's one track and you run over two people and in the killing of those two people a third a new person is born. Yep. And so then you have have the decision of do you move forward with the new person? Or do you get the two people back, which requires the killing of the new thing? And but, I think but, it's. It, but isn't it still just. You're, it's still whether or not you're killing two people or one, isn't it, ultimately? Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the thing that's baked into it, though, is like uh, Tuvix's entire argument is that you're not. Is, is that you, neither Neelix or Tuvok are really dead? Like he, he exists as both of them. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sure, you know, you could chalk up to being a fairly selfish way to look at it. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know. The, I think it's it, it's arguably selfish all around, depending how you want to look at it. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I, not to interrupt, but I, I think the weirdest, most almost like disturbing part is that I was thinking like if you had two friends who died and became one person that was a new thing, but you liked that new thing better than the two friends that you had yeah, originally yeah. is a weird like not that it couldn't be emotionally true but it's like it makes you feel kind of icky thinking about it sure and i mean i i think that's one of the things that i love about the episode is that you do think about it mm. and it you do feel icky about it and i think everybody in on the episode kind of feels icky about it but but there isn't i i i will agree that there isn't anybody who is really there isn't anybody aside from tuvix who is providing a counterpoint to it where who is uh one there's not really any of the other the cast members who are like you know what maybe this isn't the thing we should do because of x y and z weekly the doctor like like the doctor at the end is weekly does yeah he doesn't really count though you need someone who's like another human to to occupy that space you know because the doctor at the end of the day you can um you can whittle him down to cold logic or or whatever you need him to be. Well, I think his his point is vi- is viable, right? That he's like, I pledge to do no harm, right? And I will do harm to. You run into the the trolley problem. Problem there is like it's like pure hedonism. It's like, are you generating more goodness by having two people who are happy or one person who's happy? You know, so like that's the doctor's thing, I guess. Kind of his point in a roundabout yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the thing that's that they do uh, dip into that is more wide uh, that brings the um, the circle wider than than the trolley problem usually does is they do they take into account how this is going to affect all of the other people in Tuvik and Neelix's life. Yeah, so it's the 
survival of one person versus the trauma and pain of many, many other people, not just the two people who are now gone. Right. And I think, you know, while the doctor, <clears throat> the doctor does present this, the the fact that, oh, he can't, he, you know, it would be causing harm, obviously, to to kill him against his, his, his wishes. I, that that's great. That's a great detail, but I, but it doesn't get to the more personal aspect of the whole thing. And I think that's where the trolley problem doesn't totally line up for me because so much of what they talk about this is entirely personal. Like it's not cold calculation about what's better or, or worse. It It is very personal about what they think is the right thing to do for them and for these other people and for Tuvix. And I think you, you, in order to really get into that, you need to have someone else like Harry Kim or something who is actually on Tuvix's side. Um, but ultimately I think that's the problem with this is like, (laughs) realistically were this to happen on, on Voyager, there's a good chance that this would be like, a civil war causing event <laughs> yeah where like if if the if Janeway fucking executed this guy even if it was to bring back Tuvok and Neelix there's going to be a subset of people who think that that is absolutely the wrong decision to have been made and might not be able to look at her the same way yeah uh, right. you know or anybody else or like this is not a conversation that's going to go away the first time they go to get lunch when Neelix is making food again and the food sucks, yep. there's going to be one person to be like, hey, that was pretty fucked up, huh? And they're like, well, no, I think it was the right thing to do. And then it's going to turn into like people are going to, it's going to drive a wedge between people. Yeah. And I think while um, I do think that would have been really interesting to to have uh, Tuvok and Neelix kind of get a little bit of a debrief about everything, I think that's kind of occupying the same space as what I'm was what I'm saying because there just isn't someone there to 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 be on Tuvix's side other than Tuvix. Yeah. And the thing I was thinking, I was like, man, there's so much that I would want to know about this that we're never going to know. Like, did either of them have memories of what just happened? Yeah. Like, do they yeah. remember being Tuvix? Like, do, does that do they have memories of this third person? Are they aware that this was a the way that he was aware of them? Are they aware of him and are dealing with the fact that this third person that they ostensibly was also them was was killed you know there's a lot of stuff to get into there that's really kind of uh interesting territory but i'm you know i'm assuming they're never going to no no i would actually i i would think that if they remember him it's actually less of a sacrifice interestingly because at that point it feels like he's not really an individual person because he was just kind of them you know um yeah, but you know, I, I, I think it's it, it, that's tough to parse out and say that it doesn't still feel like a sacrifice because it's still at the end of the day it was a in the way that Tuvok and Neelix were gone, now he is gone, and they, you know, he still was a third independent being that has ceased to exist. So yeah. I, th- I, I think that it's still. You know, I I don't know if it really sweeps that stuff under the rug that much. It's weird though. What if what if he was instead of being the best parts of Tuvok and Neelix, what if he was the worst parts of it? You know, sure. You would yeah. feel that doing this was not the wrong thing to do to get rid of him <laughs> to, right. to bring back well, the other see, two. 
I don't think, see, I think you're right. And I think that's very interesting actually, but I don't think that that will. So I think that becomes a different conversation, right? Because I think in, in that case, you do end up having another character or a number of characters who argue in favor of Tuvix if he sucks, because, you know, the way that the story of the television storytelling works in like a sci-fi thing is like when the fly shows up, you have to eventually get rid of the fly. And it's even though Brundle fly is a new creation, they still have to kill it because it sucks. Right. And if you're going into this, the way that Star Trek handles this stuff, if even if Brundle fly sucked, there's going to be someone on that ship who goes, well, wait a minute. We just created a new species that has never existed before. We can't just kill it and, and get rid of it. Like right. we can't kill it because we don't like it. And, you know, that's not a conversation they ever have because obviously Tuvix is, is, you know, cool. But um, I think that I think there is a m- missing from the conversation that side of it where um, someone needs to go to bat for him. And and uh, but again, I think I think the, the tough thing about that is if Harry Kim goes to bat for for Tuvix and at the end of the episode is upset that Tuvix is now dead. Then yeah. how does how does Harry Kim recover by next episode? Re- right, yeah, like he go back, just go back to playing the clarinet, I guess. Yeah, sadly, <laughs> an oboe at this time, just wah wah wah. Yeah, because I, I, I wonder if like, because I because I think what's interesting in that I I think it's fundamentally my problem with it is that the the reason I find these kinds of things that Voyager does frustrating is that. When it brings up an idea like this, which is a really good idea, and it has a lot of different applications and a lot of different ways that you can go with it, I feel that the show does what Enterprise will eventually do, which is just to like shirk any responsibility. And what it, what it eventually becomes is that in contrast to its earlier sister shows, Voyager and Enterprise tend to treat the the thing that happens is more interesting than the outcomes of the thing that happens. So, like, the the Voyager show is very interested in Tuvix is now this new person, and this is how he interacts with the crew. But it's less interested in what does this kind of mean for everyone around them in a way that's actually meaningful to the story. So, like... Second Chances is a good example because, like, in Second Chances, Riker gets his clone, right? But he gets a uh, – he get, through that, like, the, the whole symbolism of the episode is that Riker gets to meet the man that he was in his past and he gets to sort of, like, grapple with, like, how far he's changed and what thing – how his life could have gone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Tuvix is more about the event that happens and there has to be a solution to it. But the discussion around that is really kind of weak. And it doesn't, like, what's so successful about this episode is that the fact that they have to, the fact that you get such an emotional response out of what Janeway does is all the more kind of frustrating to me that there is not a great conversation leading up to her decision to do this thing. So, yeah, um, it's it's hard to describe. I just think, and I think that the reason that, like, if Tuvix was an asshole... I think it's actually would have forced the script to have to talk about it more. 
right? Because yeah. they would be like the characters would be like, "This guy sucks. I can't wait till we get a solution to get rid of him." But someone at that point, you would have to imagine on the show would say, "I know he sucks, but we can't just kill him because he sucks." You know, right. that's the wrong right. thing to yeah. do. But because he's a good guy, you have the exact same story, and you feel bad for him when he dies. But ultimately, I don't think like the algebra really changes in what they're doing. So. It's the most interesting part about the trolley problem is that your perception of how you think about what's happening depends on what's leading up to the outcome, which is kind of neat. But I just wish Voyager talked about this stuff. Like the characters just don't have conversations that amount to good, interesting discussions. The closest this one gets is um, the roundabout Kess and Janeway discussion. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of on point, but not really. It's not exactly what we're talking about, but it's kind of in the same line. And I don't know. It, as, and I do really like this episode, but I, I'm sensing a trend with what Voyager, how Voyager handles these things. And I don't think that the earlier shows like TNG and DS9 would always default to this thing of just saying, this is the event that happens. Here's the solution. Uh, because those shows felt like they were much more interested in like the sort of the allegory, I guess, for lack of a better word, about how those things would work together. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the thing that's interesting about that Janeway and Kess scene is that I think you can almost kind of read, in, read that as the driving factor of what eventually she decides to do. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's I think if you do that, it's still it makes it all very complicated, uh, which is nice. I, I like that it's it's morally complicated and, and uh emotionally complicated. Um It's the best part of the episode is that it doesn't yeah, seem particularly yeah. clear what the outcome should be here. Right. You know, and I think honestly the 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 thing hindering this from really becoming i mean it, it's it is very effective like i'll think yep. all said and done it is very effective yeah but like i think one of the things that maybe that reviewer was was kind of uh not directly cueing in on cluing in on is that like like a lot of things that they've done in the season because of the nature of the show everything's back to normal by next week yes and so like you can't if I, I I wonder if if the reviewer would have had that same read on it if next week they were still talking about this, but right. they're not right. So I think like in order for this to really get everything you'd want out of it, I think if it was a serialized show, like a more heavily serialized show, and they did like four episodes with Tuvix and then yeah. they fucking kill him, <laughs> like that, <laughs> that yeah, like that's. Yeah. Yeah that's really intense like then you really get into the meat of of what's going on yeah but because of the episodic nature i mean like you have to set it back to one which is the blessing and the curse of of episodic tv well yeah and i i guess that the thing off of that is like the the reviewer's larger point kind of off of that and what i think a lot of people would say is the problem is that Janeway's decision here is driven by reverting itself to the status quo of Voyager by the next week. Like Tuvix and Tom Wright are not cast members on this show. So we have to get back to a point where Tuvok and Neelix are back together. And I think people think that Janeway's decision is wrong 
And the reason that she makes it is because the show has to do this. I actually kind of disagree with that. I think Janeway makes the right decision here in like a purely mm-hmm. hedonistic thing of like two are better than one, sort of that mm-hmm. sacrifice. So I, I don't really hold it against her there. I, I think that it's like, it's almost like too much. It would be nice to break it out into a little more episodes just because it almost feels like it's too much stuff for one episode of Star Trek. But Because the other conflicting thing that's happening is that the Spock's the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few is what fuels Janeway's decision here I think right like the getting the two back is better than the one this is like the it's like dividing it down to the the smallest possible numbers that you can deal with and say that two things are better than one or like two 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 are the are the more and the one is the singular or whatever but Mm -hmm. it also it runs into Star Trek's other principle which is generally that uh it's like the the very like um like classical liberal like libertarian thing of like the individual is sacrosanct like we can't tell individuals what to do like you mm-hmm. are on your own doing your own thing so it's those two running into each other and i just feel that it's like it's pretty much like all of starfleet's core beliefs are crashing into each other and it just ends with Janeway getting very serious and pressing the button, and it resets the episode back to where it was going. And it's 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 frustrating, but I still appreciate what Janeway did. I think she made the right decision. I just don't know if the... I wish the show had done a better job so that people wouldn't have the out of saying, oh, it's just because the status quo had to be brought back, that that's why that happened at the end. I think there, I think there is an argument for what she did, and I wish the show just had voiced her, made her... Um, a little bit more like just uh, outspoken in what she was doing. Like I feel Janeway needs Mm. an explanation to the crew about what's going on and to something beyond just, I'm the captain, arrest this man, bring him down to sick bay. I'll push the button. Well, that's what's so interesting about it though, is like the crew doesn't need an explanation. They are all on board with it. Mm -hmm. You know, like as much as they like this guy, he's the guest that's overstayed his welcome kind of you know yeah even though he never really overstayed like they never have a a a, a part where it becomes a a downside to him <clears throat> excuse me and i think that's part of probably why they play it this way instead of making him someone that sucks is because i think part of the thing that makes it that is meant to make it difficult is that tuvix is essentially better at what he has to do, yeah. Then Tuvok and Neelix are separately, yes, yeah. Because of you know the blending of them together, it, it makes two. It makes Neelix a better cook, and it makes uh, tu, uh, Tuvok a better. Um, he has Tuvok's li- work ethic with Neelix's subtle charm. Like he 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 smooths the rough edges of both of them into a yes. more palatable person. Yeah, which is really interesting because I mean, then you do are you do get a bit of an argument in there. It's like well. In in this, you know, I, I think I think part of what makes this so interesting is in that conversation that Janeway has with Kess. You know, she starts she starts talking about like, is there a chance? I, the thing that she deals with is is grappling with whether or not there's a chance she's ever going to get home and ever going to see her husband or whoever again, or is this just it? Is like, is this the rest of our lives? <clears throat> in which case, I think the argument can be made that if you believe that this is it, then maybe killing him is the wrong move. Yeah. Because like if it's, if it is just localized to Voyager, 
there's really no downside to letting this guy live because it's kind of the best of both worlds, ex- at least as far as a someone who exists and, and not taking into account the, uh, uh, you know, the cast of it all, really. Yeah. More cast than anybody else. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But if there is a glimmer of hope that they're going to get home and they're going to get out of here and there is going to be a future beyond the walls of Voyager for them, then you I, you could argue that's the selfish way to look at it, but it is worth debating. Um, and I, it's, I think, I think Janeway making the decision that she does is her actively saying, no, this is not the end. This is not how things are going to be. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I, I, I think you can view, you can definitely view that as, oh, well, they have to set things back to one cause this guy's not coming back next week, which is totally fine. Cause I mean, you do, yeah. that's, that's just how these things work. <clears throat> but I think it's, I think it is really interesting where she is making this decision in a very cold and calculated, not calculated, well, I guess calculated, but like in a very cold and efficient military yeah, kind of way. Yeah. Considered. Um, and while it does seem like a horrible thing to do, she's actually doing it out of the, uh, out of a, actually having hope for where they're going to end up. Yeah. And it's, it's what makes it all so deliciously complicated. And, you know, that, that final scene, I think when she walks out, afterwards is just you know bullseye bullseye with the with the acting but i i do i do wish that they had more room to um kind of talk about it and it's uh do you think they spent too much time with Kess in the neelix um ness of it i don't know it's a tough call because she's kind of like representative of everything outside the ship to a certain extent because she is she and Neelix theoretically have a life together beyond Voyager and now they do not and so she kind of becomes representative of the larger thing where it's like okay well this is sure it's both of these guys but it's also neither of them at the same time and mm-hmm. so there's it's not like Tuvix is going to fly back to Vulcan and just shack up with at Tuvok's house and start yeah. hanging out with his kids and stuff. Well, Tuvok um, has obviously been writing some steamy Vulcan love letters to Janeway, who's reading them oh, at yeah. night in her quarters. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I think it's, 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 uh, it's an interesting angle. Um, I, I think they could have dialed back on a, a bit to, to give a little bit more room to, I mean, honestly, it's it also would kind of been interesting. The problem. I th- like yeah. to, before you get to, it's like Tuvok has no personal in with anybody. They try it with Janeway, right? Like they try to stay like Tuvok and I wrote letters and I was just like, I've been friends with Tuvok for a long time. You go, okay, it's not great. Uh, Kess and Neelix <laughs> are apparently in a relationship with each other. Right. And it's like, the dramatization suffers a little bit because you know Neelix, weirdly. Like, you know, like, uh, it, right. it, it doesn't, if it was someone like Tuvok, it makes a little bit more sense and you feel a little bit more pathos. But Neelix is such like a comically unserious character that he damages that a little bit because while Janeway and Cass, at least in my opinion, while they're having this heart to heart, I'm just picturing. Neelix's 50% opacity face like hovering above everything and it's just like, <laughs> oh god, they're talking about him. It, it's unfair and it, it's not 
I know Kess as a character is not supposed to feel that way, that the way that I feel about him, but it's um it's a tough spot to be in. It, it would be easier if Tuvok was the character that was allowed to have relationships. Yeah. It's funny. I did get a um <clears throat> I did get a hint of uh uh, what the hell is that Deep Space Nine episode? The 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 future Suave Odo and uh, the one where they crash and it's oh, like three, children of time. Years. Children of yeah. time. Yeah. The the future children of time. Odo <laughs> with talking this to Kira. Shirt. Yeah. Yeah. When he's like, "Hey, baby, I've been waiting for you to come back," and she's like, "Get the fuck away from me!" Yep. Like that. I got some of that in there, but you know, it's I I wonder if how it would have played out if the person who was arguing for allowing Tuvix to 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 live was Cass. Yes. Because right. you know, she she has her own personal viewpoints about what she's losing, but at the end of the day, she re- recognizes that this is still a person, whether or not it's the person she wants it to be. Yeah. And having her who has the strongest emotional attachment to one of these two now gone people yep. be the one to advocate for for Tuvix to survive I think would have been would have been a really interesting uh way to play it yeah yeah because even she even Cass has kind of like got her eyes to the floor being like yeah fucking kill this guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she leaps over to press that button the doctor can't do it yeah yeah it's I I wish they I took no such oath <laughs> button <laughs> she, I'm just a nurse um <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is for not promoting me. <laughs> just a PA, he said. Just a PA. I I I, I kind of personally think they spend a little bit too much time with Kess. Um, yeah. I, that's the stuff I would cut, and I understand why it's there. It's he is she is the one that humanizes him um, in a way that the the others can't. Even though everyone just sort of likes him in vaguely the same way, you don't get the same. Uh, conflict that the others do that's what that's what really brings it back to my ickiness factor is that like people sort of it's not weird but they they glom to him in a way that is like sort of unsettling about you know as i was saying like if you thought about this if this actually happened it feels kind of like a betrayal to the original two people that you just like this new thing so much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they don't really get into that because no one really has a relationship with neelix or tuvok that they can feel bad about that kind of yeah. stuff like even janeway isn't set up particularly well to do that here yeah and i'm i'm curious this is one of those episodes where the the reaction the viewer reaction i can see being born out of not wanting to have to deal with the fact that they're acting so icky mm-hmm. you know like oh Janeway she made the, absolutely made the wrong decision because of X, Y, and Z so, well is that true or do you just not want to have Captain Janeway be a murderer right or oh I, it's the uh, the the way it's absolutely the wrong decision blah blah blah, blah, blah. okay do you think is the reason you feel that way just because you don't want to sit with the fact that the crew of Voyager kind of sold out Tuvok so yeah, yeah kind of sold this guy out in both in both directions where they you know all of a sudden hey oh it's great we got a new guy on the ship he's fantastic and then when they were done with him they threw him in the trash yeah you know i mean that's really it's gross and it's it's it requires a lot of unpacking and i i wonder if that's the the negative reaction is 
um, born out of not wanting to have to unpack that yeah. uh, gray morality for characters that are supposed to be quote unquote good guys. Yeah. No, it's a good point. We'll see if any of the patrons bring it up. We have a lot of comments, so we'll get to them right now. But that's it for two Vix, or at least our discussion of it. You can go to patreon.com slash file if you want to support the show. You get extra stuff for a couple bucks a month, more podcasts, all that stuff. And you also get to leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes. Sorry, I just became of like conscious of how tired my, my jaw is. <laughs> it's like thinking about It's like thinking about walking while you're walking, and all of a sudden you're overthinking it. Feel like my uh, my tongue is tied up in knots. So yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash Lipensky if you want to leave some thoughts. We'll read them aloud and respond to them if we believe them to be respondable too. So let's go <laughs> to Clef first, which is Tuvix. Here Janeway stands next to a train track where the trolleys are radioisotope cell hack. This episode's vocal haters inform Sim Tucker's writing later. But well, I had to remember who Sim Tucker was. But it was. But was it worth Neelix to get Tuvok back? Five awards that should be given to Kate Mulgrew out of five. Is Sim who's Sim Tucker? Is that the the clone the, of of Tucker in uh, yeah, Enterprise? Okay. Yeah, yeah. In similitude. Uh, this is Kyle Barrett. I will send it to you right now. Tuvix. <clears throat> Tuvix. Voyager is often seen as a cozy, comfort Star Trek series, but not this episode, which is why it garners such strong opposing reactions. This episode is all about the ending, and I completely disagree with Janeway's decision. She execute a, she executes a member of the crew, but that's why I like the episode so much. I don't understand the idea that thinking Janeway was wrong means the ending isn't good, a criticism that permeates in the fandom. Oh, there you go. I love that the show has the balls to take the darker, bolder path to choose the not very Starfleet option, and it's not accidental in any way. During that scene in the ready room, Janeway is played as a villain, sneering and leering down at Tuvix, showing a conscious choice from all involved in how she would be presented. I love that the goofy premise leads to a genuinely heartbreaking episode, and it begs the question, would losing Tuvok from the show be an acceptable loss if Neelix also left? (laughs) Four brilliant guest star performances out of five. You know, that's really interesting because I feel like um, they give Janeway a lot of, uh, like she has so much emoting to do. Uh, like Like I was saying, the scene with Cass, she's really, really great in it. And she is a little bit more warm and a little bit more approachable, I think, yep. in this episode. And I think it is probably to offset the way that she has to act at the end. So you, so she's not just kind of cold the whole episode and then she's extra cold at the end. Yeah. Should, in that case, should Tuvix have spent less time with Kess and more time with Janeway through the course of things? That's tough. Um, I don't know. Maybe I think it makes the end. <laughs> makes the ending. I think harder. if they spend, yeah, if they spend too much time together, it just the ending seems even more awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause, it's because then it's like, yeah, you're really great. Thanks for coming by, but uh, put this gun in your mouth, please. Yeah, it's the. Um, I'm just. I'm. I'm interested in. Uh, because I think a lot of people would agree with Kyle that Janeway's decision is wrong. Um, I guess where do you st- where do you st- like did, does she make the right decision at the end of the episode? Do you think? 
I, th- um, I think she does. Like, I, I think that that's, I think she makes the right choice here in terms of, um, it's really just a pure, you're getting two for the breaking one egg, which feels to me that that is like, you're doubling the amount of possible happiness almost like uh, happiness is a weird way to think about it but the the amount of like possible experience is being doubled and that seems better there there's sort of a it's the episode is not trying to do this but there's there's some sort of like and i'm glad they didn't but there's some sort of like really clumsy abortion allegory to be made through what they decide here the episode wisely sidesteps it but it's it's that kind of a it's like at what point does the loss of one reward the existing two? And I'm 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 a little bit surprised by the people who would say that Tuvix being uh, executed in this sense, or Tuvix being removed from the uh, universe in the way that he is, is I guess what makes it just the fact that he has to disappear is the wrong thing, I guess. I'm not, I'm not doing, I don't understand the, the counter argument, so I can't do a good job justifying it. It's just, it's just, I guess the argument is just murder is wrong. He's an individual. So even if you are increasing other people's potential happiness to kill this person is the wrong thing to do. Um, you know, I don't know where you fall. Yeah, on that. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if there, if there's a coldly logical way you can parse this out because it is, it really does come down to how you feel about it emotionally. Cause I mean, if you, if we looked at it differently where it was like, okay, Tuvok and Neelix go down to this planet and while they're there, they discover a child who they attempt to save. And in the saving of this child, they both get killed. And so now the child's back on Voyager and, or doesn't have to be a child person, whatever. Yeah, person. And while the person is on Voyager, after a while, they realize if we kill this person, we can bring back Tuvok and Neelix. Yeah. What is the answer there? Like that's. Well, I think there's an interesting distinction there, actually, though, which is, and it's important to this episode, is that what happens to them, to Tuvok and Neelix, is not their decision to happen, right? So they don't they don't actively. They're not actively working on something that will combine them, and it results sure. in this. So, like, sure, they don't have. And in the case of you're saving the child, I would assume that they would choose to save the child and die in sacrifice for that child. Basically, that's like the way I'm reading between the lines. Mm-hmm. And that seems to me like at that point they made their decision. So you can't get to redo them. But sure. Tuvix is different because neither of them meant for this to happen, and it was a complete accident. Sure. You know, it's a yeah. weird twist on the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Taking into account if that is how it worked, if it was an, an act, an act of sacrifice on their part. Yes. I think that would be definitely the wrong decision to, yeah. to reverse what they chose to do. But, uh, <clears throat> if you, if you took that element out of it and let's say they didn't know that that was going to happen. Sure. I think it gets very difficult. And I, I think the, the thing that makes this, um, I think the length of t- this is this sucks, but I think the length of time in existence 
softens the blow a bit because, I mean, like you said, she says that outright. She's like, if we could have figured out how to do this the same moment, we would have done it, no questions asked. Yeah, that's the abortion allegory, right? Yeah. That's like the the timing of that stuff. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, I guess Tuvix doesn't become more of a person. He just he just he just grows on you. I guess you you get to know him and you start to like him. But it is yeah, as you were saying, it's if they had just done this right from the start and he didn't step off the transport of pad, it doesn't feel as bad as for some reason as once you get to know him. Right. Yeah. Uh, you read that one. I'll read Taxile Bear, possibly one of the most well-known and well, most discussed Voyager episodes. It does feature a Kobayashi Maru scenario of sorts, a situation where there's no clear-cut best choice to be made. What I found most interesting was a comment Janeway makes uh, that right after the transporter incident, the separation of Tuvix probably would have been acceptable to everyone, even though Tuvix was basically the same person he is later, with the only difference being no attachment to the crew. Good Star Trek content overall. Yeah. And then, uh, this one's short, I'll read it. Eric McGowan says, I never understood how fans could hate this episode or unironically call Janeway a war criminal. It's always struck me as Trek fans being intentionally obtuse. The warden from uh, Shawshank Redemption. The episode was intentionally written to present an ambiguous moral quandary, and it delivers on just that. Tuvix is an excellent episode that really does make you think about the right course of action and what it should have been. Five out of five. Uh, I don't, you know, it's one of those things where, like, honestly, I don't know if there is a right answer when you take into account all of the the angles. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that there needs to be one. Like, it can, <laughs> thankfully, as far as we know, this is never going to happen. Yes. Yeah, we can hope. And, yeah. And, uh, uh, that, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have egg on my face when I'm wrong in about 10 years when they develop this technology. But... Um, <laughs> I was, I was thinking if like, what if this applied to us, right? And we're doing this podcast and I took, uh, I took you who I'll say is like the Tuvok of this. And I took like the, like, I don't know who this person would be, but there must be a YouTube commenter who annoys me more than anybody. And we combined the two of you, <laughs> but it like smoothed you out into the greatest podcast co-host. And <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad that I was the the show is doing so well when I amalgamated the two of you into this new Listen, thing. Listen, I'm insulted that to hear <laughs> that I need smoothing in order to become the greatest podcast host of all time. Well, no one thought that Tuvok would be a better tactical chief if he had a little bit of emotion to it, but apparently he is, and uh-huh. you can tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I copy this? I'll send it to you. Did I? I did. But uh, j- just to, to oh, run on what I was saying a minute yep. ago, it, uh, it's just like I don't. I don't think there need there. Is, I don't know if there is a right answer, but I mean that's one of those things where I think that's what makes it so compelling. Is yes. because you yeah. could talk about this till the end of time. Yes, and never come away with a consensus between two people. No, it's it's um it doesn't shoot itself in the foot with its argument. I think which is important. Like there's, right. I think I think there's yeah. a lot of Star Trek arguments where it tries to make a point, but it fucks up one argument yeah. so badly that you go, well, it's clearly the other choice is the option here. Yeah. Like this is a lot, this isn't uh Vulcan mind meld aids, you know? No, no, <laughs> there's a lot more clarity to what's going on here. Yeah. I just, um, yeah, I, I feel strongly, I guess I, I, I admit that, like, I, or I understand and admit that, like, there is no clear answer and it's sort of a, 
like debate about whether or not you would do it. But I do find I, I find myself just strongly disagreeing with the Janeway makes a, a wrong decision. So I'd be interested if people have sure. I know yeah. Kyle has a different opinion. He didn't really flesh it out. Much like the Voyager episode itself. He didn't flesh it out as an argument. <laughs> this is Jonathan Gauntlet, J Gauntlet Throne. <laughs> this is Jonathan JK Morris. I just sent it to you. Tuvix, everyone argues over ethical issue of what Janeway should have done. Either kill Tuvix or not, it's a false choice. The easiest and ethical solution would be to separate the two men first, get their consent to use the procedure that created two Rikers, then you'd have two Tuvoks and two Neelixes for a quick second, then merge one of the Tuvok-Neelix pairs to create Tuvoks a second time, th thereby having all three serving aboard Voyager. It's so simple, surprised it was <laughs> overlooked by Mr. Pillar. Well, I actually was kind of thinking about something along those lines because I started thinking about... First of all, I don't think it's as simple as it seems because once you have two copies of Tuvik of Tuvok and Neelix, then you get into the question of well, those two copies now have to die. Uh, Someone has die, to die, yeah, and they ha they have to uh, uh, consent to being spliced into a single part. <laughs> so it's the it's it, I don't think it makes it easier. But uh, it's just Janeway creating and killing people endlessly for the rest of the voyage. <laughs> that's definitely that's that's the Rick and Morty answer to it. Is that's what they would do? Yes. <laughs> Uh, but I was thinking, I was like, after that whole that whole thing happened, part of me was thinking like, well, how does the, do we have any real consensus on how the transporter works? Because like, if you have the Tom Riker scenario, there is some sort of uh, you shenanigans with whether or not your pattern is saved and all this kind of other stuff. It's yeah. like, is there not the possibility that you can just like use your backup disc to create to the come last, back yeah, yeah the yeah. to to energize the last version of the pattern that you put right. through it it's like when you back or up is, your computer and you it saves exactly. your store points yeah yeah or is part of the ethics of the technology uh much like what they claim amazon claims alexas do is that mm -hmm. they don't actually hold on to any of this data right and so you can't do that Mm. What I'm saying is, can you use the replicator to build a new Tuvix? Because <laughs> he's in the transporter beam. Yeah, just photocopy him, and he should be the same. That's the and downside of not, the transporter. Not to get more in, into how difficult the, the other suggestion would be, but then like now if you splice, the if you undo Tuvix, and then you redo Tuvix, there's no guarantee it's going to be the same person. Right. So you yep. might end up with Nuvok or whatever the hell. Yeah, you'd is. end up with Nevok, I guess. Nevok. He should be the asshole version. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fine. And then see the the hypocritical egg on all I their faces have, when they kill one and not the other one. I would have so much respect for this show, and it would be the only way I would want to see another Mirror Universe episode <laughs> if they go to the Mirror Universe <laughs> and there's no Neelix and there's no Tuvok, but there is an asshole Tuvix <laughs> on the ship. <laughs> I'd be down. I'd be down. It's it's the the last hurrah for the mirror universe. Real Avi says, Tuvix, how is this super dark screenplay ever approved? A great episode showing leaders sometimes have to be cruel and make tough decisions that are immoral on an individual basis, but morally right on a group or mission basis. I guess that's a good way of describing it. Mm. Yeah. I loved Mulgrew's acting here. Lots of nuance. Uh 
he yeah he wrote he or she wrote um nuisance in their eyes a nuance in their eyes i think in janeway at the end putting on the icy persona so she can go ahead with what she did without cracking followed by her swiftly leaving sickbay so that no one sees how tough this was for her lots to discuss and debate with this one which to me is star trek at its best five hybrid orchids out of five i yeah, i didn't follow the whole flower conversation whatever the <laughs> fuck they were talking about there but yeah, they were. I think they were just trying to. Uh, you mean in the show? You're talking about yeah, the show? in the show. The the original episode's title was Symbogenesis. So Symbiogenesis was like the original title. So I felt, it felt yeah. like they were just trying to work that in. Yeah, I think it was just trying to explain in the simplest terms the crossbreeding of the flower and how you can't undo that. Mm-hmm. They're like, um, interestingly, the flowers come out beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> They smell so nice. Arguably better than the other, the two flowers on their own. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 funny. I, I've actually been uh, I've been watching this British show from the seventies called um, uh, Secret Army. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm getting I uh, I think that's what it is. I'm getting mixed up with my World War II stuff because I just bought Army of Shadows. So yeah, I believe this is Secret Army, and it's it's about. Um, belgian resistance fighters in world war ii yeah and man you want to see some shows about morally gray decisions that are affecting uh the needs of the many versus the needs of the few holy shit Mm. like they this is like you know this is an episode um, this is a show that routinely will end with the just straight up killing of characters that they spent the whole episode trying to save just because they realize, oh, this guy's in the wind and he has information that can, if he gets captured by the Germans again, he knows who we are. So we have to kill him. Yeah. And it's like, it is cold as ice and it is a really good show. Hmm. But it's like, every time you watch it, every time I watch it, I'm like, man, these are the heroes of the show. And this guy just went out on his own to assassinate this other dude. (laughs) There's one episode where they, they, um, this young kid <clears throat> finds a RAF pilot hiding in a barn, right? And uh, so he's been going to the RAF pilot, and he's kind of like helping him out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and uh, his mother is trying to stay out of everything. She's like, I, you know, I don't, I'm, the, I'm just keeping my head down, doing what I got to do. And there's this German soldier who has been coming over, and you know, kind of making uh, not aggressively romantic, but he's clearly hanging out with her because you know he likes her. Yeah, right. And uh, and so he this kid's helping out the RAF pilot, and the he the kid ends up finding the the people in the uh, the Belgian underground who end up uh, getting this guy this guy out of there. But um, as a thank you, the the RAF pilot gives the kid his like golden RAF medallion thing, mm-hmm. and the mother finds it, and so she's she's like. You you know what this means. I have to turn this guy. I have to tell the Germans that we have this because if they find out you have it, they will kill you. I have to tell them that everything that you told me or they will kill you. And so she goes out and she's on her way to um to the German barracks to tell them what's going on. And as she's doing that, the kid goes and finds the uh, the the underground people and mm-hmm. is like crying to them, telling them what he did, and he's so sad about it. And then the underground people fucking kill his mother. Yeah, 
and they like run her over with a car and make it look like an accident. Yeah. And it's like it's just this intense thing where it's like it's the mother. This child is a single. All he has is his mom. His father was killed in the right. war or something like that. And like they just they just coldly kill this woman to preserve the 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 underground railroad essentially that they set yeah. up. Yeah. And it's like it's these intense moral decisions that have so many lives in the balance every episode. And it's really it's a really compelling show. Yeah, it's the um. I mean that that spoilers for that episode. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go bleep all that. Uh, spoilers: the Nazis lose. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the I. I mean, Rhea had mentioned it, and it's, it's that point that you're making. There is like the, there is an interesting. The thing that the episode is getting at is like that great philosophical idea that like at a certain point the individual matters less than the cause, really, and it's right, like it's right. sad for that person. You know, in, in a heroic sense, it's the Batman thing. It's like Wayne can die as long as like the symbol of Batman exists and like that right, that lives right. on. It becomes more tragic when the person who has to die does not want to die, which is what happens in this mm-hmm. episode. It happens in that um, the show that you were just talking about. But the the outcome is still positive. Like, that's like the cold Vulcan rationality of it, um, I suppose. Did I copy this? I'll send this to you. This is Atanga Udom with Tuvix. Tuvix, a truly special episode, but probably by mistake. The premise is silly, the acting is awkward, and the orchid being fused into Tuvix's uniform pattern is ridiculous. Is that the orchid ep- or is it just Neelix's clothing? I thought it was just like a riff on Neelix's clothing, yeah. clothing but I could be wrong. Okay. This episode would have been better served on TNG or DS9, but the core ideas of consent, identity, self-determination, and some good relationship stuff make it a classic. That said, the scene where Tuvix begs his crewmates for his life while they just watch is horrifying. Put me down for Team Janeway as a murderer, but don't don't forget the rest of this Motley crew. Interesting. Four, four Snickers bars eaten with a knife and fork out of five. <clears throat> what is... What is that? Oh, it's the Seinfeld reference. Excellent. Good job. Uh, Matt Ross says, Tuvix, the episode with a very controversial decision that I'm sure everyone will debate here and forever. What's more important is that when Tuvix first appears is that his uniform has a nice mix of Paisley and Starfleet combined, so that plant is also a great tailor with the transporter. I, I guess that, yeah, because the plant causes it or something, right? But, yeah, I, my understanding was yeah. it's Neelix's clothing. Whatever. Was Janeway right or wrong? Probably a bit of both. A tough call, but Tom Wright, who played Tuvix, didn't have a long-term contract. Five Paisleys out of five. There's a lot of Tuvixes uh, coming up on Control Find here. Uh, Tuvix, this is an infamous Star Trek episode for its ending, but I really liked it. It's a good moral dilemma. It doesn't take the easy way out at the end. I would rather have controversial than boring. That being said, I side with Janeway. Tuvix is not a person. He is an accident. <laughs> if you get in a car wreck and woke up with new memories and a new personality, and if you were to be fixed, it would be effectively killing this new person, but it would be okay because it was all fake. Tuvix is a disease and Janeway is the cure for <laughs> For sex out of five. <laughs> All right. I, I I I took you seriously for about sixty percent of that, but then I you gave up on it. Although I appreciated your gusto. This is Aaron Million with this comment. Tuvix. Tuvix. This is somewhat the opposite of the enemy within from TOS, with two people being merged into one being instead of one person split into halves. 
The season of Voyager has had a recurrent theme of death, and this episode really hits the mark. Kudos to Voyager for tackling a difficult subject at the end. Do you in, do you in essence kill one being to save two others? The two con- conversations that Kess has with Janeway in her quarters are what reminds me of why I like Star Trek to begin with and why I dislike most of the new Trek. Good dialogue, solid acting, and taking a few minutes to discuss philosophical issues that are impacting the characters. This episode also does a wonderful job of showing the loneliness and stress of command on Janeway, as ultimately only she can decide who, in effect, lives and dies here. Five plant specimens that should never be transported out of five. So it's interesting, right, is that like this episode is in is basically the same idea as what Cisco does in the pale moonlight, right? Except Cisco doesn't actually do anything that causes people to die in that because Garrick exists in that show and Garrick right. can do it for him. Right. But like I guess my philosophical point is what's the difference when everyone accepts that what Cisco does not directly do but indirectly does is the right thing to do in that show than it is here, do you think? Is there a difference? Could, I see them as say the that same. Again? Sorry. So like Cisco in deep in Pale Moonlight uh, feels remorse, but he accepts that, like, I would do that again because right. I had to kill a few people, but I saved the galaxy from this war that the Dominion are bringing to us by bringing the Romulans into the war. Mm-hmm. Janeway makes the same decision, but actively and on a smaller scale, right? She saves two by breaking one egg. You right. know what I mean? But yeah, I think I, the, the reaction to it is very different. I don't know if Janeway thinks she did the right thing. I think I think you can argue that she has no fucking clue if she did the right thing. Okay. Like she she has made her decision, but I think I think you can read into that final shot that she does have doubts. She does she's not entirely sure if she made the right decision. Oh, see, I I feel that I think that she feels bad but she made it. So she's an interesting because so you think she's the opposite of what Cisco says, which is that for all this is worth I would do it again. That's what I've learned about myself from this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting that Janeway goes in the opposite direction. I, I guess what's yeah. it, it, it's neat, it's strange to me, or interesting, or maybe it's all about setup. That I don't see the two as fundamentally different decisions. It's just that I, I think it's the trolley problem thing. I think people are actively actually upset with Janeway because she pushes the button that does it, which is neat. Yeah, which is kind of a, an interesting difference between them. I don't know. Yeah, like I think. <laughs> I mean, this is the answer to this is yeah, obviously. But like, if Tuvix does it himself, right? It's that fine. changes the. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and then it becomes noble. Yes. Because you know, killing yourself for other people is noble for some reason. Yeah, that would be the fifth episode this season uh, that had to deal yeah. with that, though. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a that's a concept that's very pervasive in American media that I think we need to move away from mm-hmm. is the noble suicide. Noble suicide. <laughs> <laughs> I I think not not that not that there isn't a place for those things it's in a lot of cultures, cli- unfortunately. Yeah. Well, yeah, not that there isn't a place for that kind of action, but it, it it's I don't know. It just seems like the the most noble thing a person could do is kill themselves in hopes that and maybe it's true i don't know but it yep. just it's a weird thing to be so pervasive in media is this idea that you're not a hero until you kill yourself <laughs> yeah yeah i mean is the um uh the disrespect is not knowing his name that that the monk that self immolated in the the famous oh, sure. picture 
It's yeah. that kind of a thing. But um, that's also the yeah, the self sacrifice, but also a a tremendous uh, argument for like perception is everything is what what that is like the the mindfulness mm. meditation is just about like you know to be able to to do that and really not. Uh, show any weakness through the process is kind of incredible. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think in 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 real life, the instances where those things happen, mm. it's it's it, it is difficult to to really not have respect for it. Yeah. But like in in media, in fictional media, like that's one of the things that bothered me so much about the the third Nolan Batman movie. Oh, it's like, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. You know, it's like Batman doesn't fulfill his destiny until he commit suicide on behalf of gotham city like come on what it, it kind of symbolizes they don't need him anymore right i guess maybe but yeah it's it's a it's a clunky it's a um yes yeah, i guess it's just the it's the self-sacrifice it's the opposite of what this is uh what this episode is saying is just like the the amount of good you do by taking the ultimate paying the ultimate price is maybe sometimes worth it and like, i'm sure you know, not to not to uh, get the chocolate and the peanut butter here, but uh, mm. I'm sure there are people screaming That's at the two Vix's at makeup. The, if you don't yeah. mind, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people are screaming at their speakers right now, saying that's the entire point of uh, Finn's arc in uh, the Last Jedi is is to get away from the idea that the the sacrifice, the pointless, pointlessly, pointlessly sacrificing yourself does not make you a hero. Um. But uh, you also don't stop it by hitting somebody at terminal speed. So, <laughs> <laughs> not going to start that argument again. But uh, yeah, Jedi. it's just I don't know. It's it's always something that I've been that I feel I've noticed so much in so many things. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Yep, very common. Although it's, they sometimes subvert it, and the person doesn't die and still succeeds. Uh, True. Way. Yeah. Jakey's Gamer says, Tuvix, this episode has become a meme, but putting that aside, I really like the dilemma they gave Janeway here and the implication she'll have to live with her decision for a long time. That said, how's this for an alternate ending? The transporter materializes at the the transporter materializes at the end and only Tuvok is left sitting there. Janeway looks down for a moment, back up, shrugs, and says, Yeah, that's fine too. The end. Goodbye, Mr. Neelix. We hardly knew you. Also, I mean, they're kind of taking a big chance on this thing. That they don't know if it's gonna work. Yeah, they haven't. Like, what if they? It. Yeah. What if they Cronenberg this guy and yeah. he's just <laughs> he's just <laughs> half of each of them screaming for thirty seconds until they both die. Jan- then where are Janeway you? Janeway just has to manually strangle them just to yeah. just to really just get herself screaming, screaming. I'm sorry at the top of her lungs. <laughs> Patrick Siva says Tuvix an ep about Neelix. I'm holding my breath with singing for scene. It worked for Macbeth. One thing I don't get, how does clothes just fit? Uh, but fuck it, Janeway just sentenced him death. Four missed opportunities to have David Cronenberg guest direct out yeah, of there five. You go. Yeah, yeah I, um, I was thinking the first thing I thought of was Star Trek The Motion Picture, which opens with the doctor getting Cronenberg to death. Yep. No, not the doctor. Is it the doctor? Yeah. Uh, it's, it the, a, it's the Vulcan who's supposed to be on the ship, right? Right, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he gets, turns into a giant ball of goo. <laughs> um, and I was thinking, one. I mean, I guess they must have improved technology since then because clearly that's never happened since. No, it's, a, it's safer than flying. It's the safest yeah. form of transportation you can possibly have. Wes Derland says, Tuvix, the episode Tuvix Must Die has probably been waiting years for you to cover it. 
Well, we got here. It's been a long podcast, too. It's been an hour and 15. Uh, this is a long one. I'm going to just send you half of it. I apologize, people, <laughs> but I don't make the rules, and I did write the rules on the top of the thing. Uh, a few sentences is most helpful. This is Malo Pervoso, Pervos, Perverso, excuse me, with Tuvix. Tuvix, I felt like they could have explored the transporter's capabilities more, like how can, like how it can duplicate people, Tom Riker, take organs out of people, Neelix's lungs, transport individuals through time and wormholes, Eye of the Needle, transport babies out of wombs, cure contagious diseases, Next Gen Season 2, Episode 7, fuse individuals, this episode, separate mixed species, faces, store people inside the computer as files, Deep Space Nine, <laughs> Season 4, Episode 10, bring people back from the dead, Scotty and Relics, etc. How, how come they couldn't just make a new Tuvok and Neelix from their last, tra- that's what I said, yep. uh, from their last transporter scans? We could have had Neelix, Tuvok, and Tuvix as part of the crew, maybe, per- per- sorry, maybe permanently. We just need to add uh, that great Nintendo 64 character, Turok the Dinosaur Hunter, to Turok, these names. Turok the Dinosaur Hunter, hell yeah. 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 That's all we need. <clears throat> I apologize, Malo, but I do have the rules at the top of the Patreon about uh, length. Girth, I'm all for, but not length. <laughs> Norman Buckwald is the next comment. Tuvix is perhaps one of the most overrated episodes. Like the premise, particularly... Like the premise, particularly the dilemma introduced close to the ending, but the execution of the episode, let alone the quote-unquote execution itself, makes the Voyager crew seem ridiculously heartless. And I don't think they would be. One hybrid transporter accident out of five. The lone descent. Norman, you're the person that Tuvix needed. And see, that's interesting because, like, that's kind of what I'm saying. I mean, yes, it makes them look heartless, but that doesn't make it bad. Yeah, yeah. That just makes them in that moment heartless. Yes, which heartless. unfortunately, again, due to the nature of episodic TV, they will seem to continue to be because no one will ever talk about Tuvix ever again. Yeah, and to, I assume to Norman's point, it's it's like that's to me that's what's missing is that you can justify the heartlessness a little bit better to flesh out the episode. Yeah. I think a little bit. Yeah, sure. Jaron Hatch says, if you thought Captain Janeway is scary in the thaw, oh boy, do I have the perfect episode for you. Alas, this episode is another case of Voyager not, oh, I thought I read this before, is not quite being up to the task of fully exploring a great concept. The moral dilemma only comes up in the last act or so of the episode, which is not nearly enough time to adequately address or resolve it. Janeway and the security guards might as well be Rick Berman and the network executives dragging a wonderful idea to its death so that the sacred episodic nature of Voyager can be preserved. Kudos to actor Tom Wright, though. He makes the whole thing worth watching. 3.5 magical techno babble orchids out of 5. And then point extra G. There's a lot of comments. We're making our way through. This is point extra G with Tuvix. I wonder what they did with that mixed uniform that Tuvix beamed up in because that thing was dope. While I really like the moral dilemma that faced that Janeway faced, it's always undercut a bit by the fact that we know Neelix and Tuvok, and Tuvok will be back at the end of the episode. I'd like to have seen I'd like to have seen explored what Neelix and Tuvok recalled of their time together and hear their thoughts on what Tuvix felt during it all, but that ending shot of Janeway quietly leaving Sick Bay is one of the best closing shots in all of Voyager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, you know, you got to, can't do everything, I guess. You no, know? <laughs> no, you can't. We only have uh, so much life to live unless you can double it. Grappler John Zorn says, I've never really understood the Janeway haters over this episode. If anything, she makes a gutsy necessary decision for the benefit of her ship and crew instead of working towards another Starfleet merit badge. Of course, 
All this is an improvement over the original draft titled Chakimte, which was dropped after no one in the writer's room could think of any believable reason to return those characters to normal. Four out of five. Uh, let's see here. Nick the Rat with the next one. I'll send this over to you. Oop, copy. Yeah, what is what is the worst combination of of they could have done? Is that it? Is it, uh, is it, it Chakotay think, and Harry Kim? I think it would be Neelix and Kim, I think. Yeah. Neelix and Kim is a pretty bad... Or like... Tom Paris and Kim. I think there's actually a lot of bad combinations. Tom Paris and Kim would be pretty boring too. Chicote's in there too, definitely. Chico- like G- the Chicote one, the thing would just be saying all these like spewing all these horrible Native American <laughs> sayings constantly, and that's what they would fall mm-hmm. back on. But if you combine Tom Paris and Harry Kim, I don't even know what that thing talks about. <laughs> Harry Kim is just like um He's like the mixer in an alcoholic drink. He's just like the orange juice in a screwdriver. Like he's yeah. he's there to make it bearable. He's softening it, but he's he's not really what you're there for in the in the, the first mixing place. Paris mixing Paris and Harry Kim. They would just talk about all the girls they almost scored with, but never <laughs> scored with. <laughs> you need to write a mean clarinet solo about every single girl. This is Nick the Rat. I just sent to you. Two Vicks. Ensign Kim said it best at the start of this episode. Abort! Kess should have been happy with the upgrade. The actor did a great job combining the two personalities, and Wardrobe did a great job combining outfits. I was half expecting Two Vicks to walk out of Janeway's quarters smoking a cigarette when Kess got there. (laughs) I consider this to be one of Voyager's best. I think Tuvok and Neelix should have had a conversation before the episode ended, but still, five transporter accidents out of five. Yeah. Artoria says, this episode makes you wonder what the decision would have been if they were back in Federation space, let alone with what another captain would have done. For all the people in the comment section saying this was done out of necessity for the ship, it wasn't. The only reason given was the desire to see two men return, not because they were necessary for the ship to function. If anything, I would argue the episode made the case Tuvix was better at both of their jobs. As to the question, I believe that life is owed to those whom it originally belongs. So I believe that life belongs to Neelix and Tuvik as they were the original owners of the life that was Tuvik's. Tu- uh, yeah, sorry, I think I said it wrong, but I got it right. Definitely mm. a memorable episode, five out of five. Mm. Yeah. Life belongs. Eh, I don't disagree. I'd have to think about it. But we'll just keep turning, turning on here. Thank you, Artorias, for the comment. I, I think I agree. Uh, this is Cerulio. I will copy it and I will send it to you in Discord. The first time I watched this episode, I knew Tuvok and Neelix would be returned to normal and Tuvix would be gone by the end of the episode, but I did not expect Janeway to actively choose to kill one to save two others. I assumed they would find a way to save them all with some Thomas Riker transporter nonsense, but it wouldn't work and Tuvix would die. <clears throat> Rewatching this episode really makes me appreciate how important Seven of Nine is to the show since the Maquis fell into lockstep with the Starfleet crew after only a few episodes. When Seven joins the crew, she's an outsider who explicitly calls Janeway out for her hypocrisy in situations like this where she tramples a person's rights for the advancement of the crew as a whole. <clears throat> I really wish Chakotay had filled that role in this episode, speaking up for Tuvix and trying to help get him off the ship because it seems like it would be right up his alley as a former freedom fighter. Four out of five species merged together. Yeah, you know, so the one thing is, like, I I, I really don't like it when the argument against something is, well, we know 
it it's just going to be back to normal at the end of the show. Like it's the same, it's kind of the same problem I had with the the when uh, Infinity War came out, and everyone was like, "Well, I mean, we know they're coming back. Like they're making another Spider Man movie, so we right. know that they're coming back." It's like, well, yeah, no, that's not yeah, sure. That's not the point though. Like the point isn't getting the point isn't that they're going to return to the status quo. The point is what it takes to get there. Yep. You know, and that's so. I, I'm not saying that. <clears throat> everybody that the dissenters are 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 doing that specifically but i do i do think that there are some people who look at it that way and that bugs me because it's just like well if yeah if if you know how things are going to turn out to the status quo then why are you watching the show like you know it's yeah, it's yeah. that's the kind of thing that always bugs me though it, it's always it's a criticism that can be levied against all of them uh yeah i guess yeah it's the you have to kind of be clever in when you're producing a show like this is that writing to the ending that you know you have to get to has to work outside of just feeling like you're doing it to get there. And yeah. I think that potentially this episode falters a little bit there where it 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 doesn't do a good enough job avoiding that pitfall potentially. So uh, that's it. That's all the Tuvix is. There were 43 references to Tuvix. We didn't get any comments from Tuvix Must Die? No. No, we didn't. Is there Tuvix Must Die in the... uh... No. We, for a very long time, had a patron named Tuvix Must Die. We did. I was trying to think if he's on the Discord. I don't think he is. He or she or... Uh, No. Tuvix Must Die (laughs) missed (laughs) missed the whole uh, raison d'etre. I guess couldn't even didn't didn't even stick it out. He's <laughs> gonna wake made it, up. Made it to that thirty ninth rotisserie chicken and just couldn't <laughs> do the fortieth. Let me see if Tuvix must die is still here. Oh man, we're gonna blow up that dude's spot right now. Yeah, still here, still with us. Tuvix must die. We appreciate your support very much. One of our captain patrons too. Because I, I was saying the name. I guess that makes sense. Well, we look forward to your response about whether or not Tuvix had to die because it's unclear based on your on your name what you think about this. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for supporting the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. We greatly appreciate your business. And um, we appreciate you listening to all the shows. So, Clay, on our scale of one to five, what are you going to give this one? Patrons liked it, generally. Yeah, I'm going with a five on this one. Yeah, I mean, this is like it, of the handful of Voyager episodes that I would actually, I would actively say you need to watch it. This is definitely in that list. So yeah, it's been a long podcast. It gave us a lot to talk about. Yeah, um, I think it's a it's a five too. It, it's a flawed five, I guess. Sure, would be my sure. way of saying it. Um, I wish it was perfect, but I think that it's actually. Its flaws are actually kind of interesting too, <laughs> in, in, a, yeah, in a way. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'm going to give it a five. I think that it's probably going to end up on one of the uh, when this is all said and done. It's probably going to be in the top ten of Voyager episodes. I would say have to be seen, um, and generally in a positive way for this one. So two fives for us for Tuvix. We'll combine them into one one, and <laughs> that'll be the average for the rest of the season. <laughs> Cool. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we get the hell out of here? Uh, Badass is back. 
we just start we are into season two of uh batman beyond uh our first episode we did a bit of a tribute for kevin conroy so uh if you're interested in that and if you do listen to that make sure you listen all the way to the end because we at the end we put in um <clears throat> the cameo the audio from the cameo that uh that sean got given to him from uh oh nice Ke- uh yeah where he, <laughs> where conroy reads some of sean's dialogue from uh batman white knight so it's oh, uh, it's, a, it's a it's a nice little episode and uh you know it's a bummer a bummer way to start the season but you know it is what it is and uh rounding out rotten horror picture show patreon second string of stephen king december is our final with 1990s stephen king's it with starring steve Cur- steve curry uh <laughs> Starring Steph Curry. <laughs> Steph Curry. He's just launching role. threes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just passing the rock behind his back out through the, the sewer drain. Um, with uh, Stephen King's It with Tim Curry. And uh, we're going to be doing uh, Video Nasties next year. So that should be that should be fun. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for I can't wait to show. watch multiple movies about rape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or it might just be uh, implied or something. If you're living up to the the British censor board, maybe it's just it's something no, untoward. That's, that's that's why they that's why they got banned and prosecuted because it very much was not implied. Oh, just it was this, explicitly this shown. No, oh, that's too bad. In, in more in more than one of the movies on the list, it's just like I. It's one of those things where you know a lot of these movies, while they there are many of them that were unfairly targeted. Yeah. Um the thing that kind of like binds them all together. I mean, they're all unfairly targeted. You shouldn't be making movies illegal, but, uh, uh, the thing that kind of binds them all together is they're all essentially exploitation movies. Yeah. And so they are trying to push buttons and make things as shocking as possible. And at the time, at least that usually equated to, uh, explicit gore and explicit sexual violence. Yeah. Yep. No human centipede on there. Human centipede. No, unfortunately, that was uh, 30 years later. (laughs) Me and Amy always laugh about the South Park uh, human centipede episode that always makes us. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Do you choose the cuttlefish or the vanilla paste? Vanilla paste. Um, All right. Thank you very much. Everybody, next episode, I guess, is resolutions, but we'll see. Maybe Memory Alpha is out of order. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. We'll see you next time.